Now, Pastor Rick begins a new series on going deeper with God, a study on the temple. Today's sermon is Approaching God. Good morning, everyone. How are you? All right. Uh, everybody wants me to back up and go through all those announcements and tell you the important things of them because they're, they're all important, but I can't do that with all of them. Let me tell you a couple of things. Is uh, the dinner and a movie this Friday night, and some of you, I heard some of you already seen the movie, it's not, it's not so much the movie that, hey, let's come see this movie. It's about the fellowship. It's about the ministry that God's going to do through uh, the time together. So be here if you can. Uh, need to pay today, uh, the latest Wednesday night, because we've got to order the food. We're ordering food from Kairos, which is uh, some of you had that a few weeks ago, and, and uh, you know, that's pretty good. So uh, uh, dinner and a movie Friday night. See, Dave, if you've got more questions. Also, this Wednesday night, I want to tell you, we've got a couple of brand-new teams, prayer team and a missions team, and and uh, I, want you to, I want you to be here Wednesday night. Listen, adults, be here and attend one of these. We've got that team, that team. Oh, and also the shock and awe team or meeting. You saw that. Just, just go into one of these team meetings and find out what they're about and uh, plug in. This is, I mean, this is what this is about. This, this church, one of the things, one of our foundational beliefs is, is that everybody has a gift. Everybody has something to do for God. You're not supposed to sit here and watch somebody else do everything for God. You've got something to do for God. And especially if you've not yet connected somewhere. And you don't even have to be a member of the church to be a member of the team, one of these teams. Be here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. It'll be a time of fellowship, but training and also explanation of who they are, what they are, prayer, and those things. Okay, 7 o'clock, while the kids are having their classes and and, uh, teens are having their service, we'll be doing that. So please, please try to be here, okay? Now, uh, say this just before we get into that. I want to just kind of set you up. I want to show you this, uh, uh, this clip, this video, this uh, computer-generated stuff that, uh, uh, of the Temple of Solomon. And I wanted to show you a little bit of that. And in the next few weeks, the, the month of February, we're going to be going into the temple just a little bit deeper every, every service. We're going to go into the temple. We just barely got to the doors. That's, that's where we're going to get to today. We're just barely getting to the doors of the inner court. That's, that's as far as we're going to get today. So make sure you, you're here next week and the next and the next. Now, last week, we ended up, you know, we had our trunk up here still last week. Last week, we cleaned out the rest of our trunk. And, and a comment was made to me this week, got me to think it a little bit, is, is that Somebody said, somebody asked, said, so a lot of this is just, is just uh, not necessarily that, that God is answering prayer, but just that, you know, if we do the right thing, good things happen. If we do the bad thing, bad things happen. Said, yeah, that, that's pretty much what it is. And that's what we're dealing with because our, our, our trunk gets full of junk because of the bad stuff we do, the, the, the bad seed we plant into our life, you know, the, and failing to plant the right seed and failing to do the other stuff. I mean, you don't have to plant weeds to get weeds, right? I mean, do you get weeds in your yard? Did you plant them? No, they just, if you don't do the other stuff, weeds are going to come. I mean, weeds come from a lot of places. And so if you're not doing the right, and so a lot of it is, is like we talked last week, just spiritual law that gets in, you know, that lets stuff get into our trunk, the junk get in our trunk. Spiritual law, like, like sowing and reaping, or that one that we talked about last week, the generational curses, which actually is supposed to be a generational blessing. But we turn it into a curse by, by bringing the wrong things into our family instead of bringing the right things. And so those are like spiritual laws that we were talking about with the, the junk in our trunk. And, and dealing with those spiritual laws, that's just, that's just the way it happens. I mean, you don't have to do anything. My dad and I, we talked about this uh, some years ago about how, uh, you know, my dad was a CPA. And, and uh, so we had, did a lot of income tax returns. So this was something that was obvious to us as we were doing these. It's even, even sinners, people that weren't attending church but were living lives in opposition to God. 
if they paid their tithes, we were watching God bless them. It's like that spiritual law was in effect, even for people that weren't attending church. We could see they were paying their tithes to churches they didn't even attend, and God was still blessing them. It's a spiritual law. If you sow, you're going to reap. Okay, that's what we were dealing with last month. But this month, the month of February, we're going deeper. We're going beyond just the sowing and reaping. We're going beyond the generational blessing and curses. We're going to the place where we can actually go before the throne and lay, lay before him our, petition, our petitions and, and know that he's going to answer our need because we got some needs in our family. Somebody say amen. I mean, you got some financial needs. Some of you are, I mean, some of you are struggling. Can we be honest? Some of you are struggling just not to kill each other every week. Come on, amen, or oh me, or laugh, giggle, or whatever. But I mean, seriously, some of the stuff that we're putting up with and dealing with, we got to have God show up and help us. I mean, we're struggling with some things in our families. Some of you have, have serious uh, uh, medical needs and physical needs in your life. And some of, we've got some serious, uh, I mean, life-ending illnesses if, if God doesn't change some things for some people. And so, and so we want to do more than just, I don't want to just live by you know, the law of the land and get by. I, I, God invites me to come to in, into his presence and bring to him all of my needs and share with him all the stuff that I'm struggling with. And, and he wants to meet my needs and he wants to do that. So that's where we're going over the next four weeks. And so today we're going to talk about approaching God. So this is about our approach. The very first step in heading toward the temple. That was a, that was the, uh, computer generated of, uh, of going to the temple of Solomon, which was the first temple. It was destroyed. And there was another one built in the time of Christ that was, that was there in the time of Christ. This is Solomon's temple. And so we're going to kind of use it and talk just a little bit about that as an example and for us to see what it's supposed to look like in our day as well, okay? So let's have a word of prayer, and let's believe God to, to challenge us today. Father, I love you, and thank you, God, for helping us clear out our trunk, God. And, and Lord, we come to you, God, knowing that a lot of our lives, God, a lot of it's so much cleaner, God. There's stuff that, that was there, God, that we've, we've gotten rid of, Lord. And, and God, it's been a battle, I know, for some over the past few weeks, Lord, digging that stuff out. It's been hard to dig it out, and then it's been hard to keep it out because it wants to keep coming back. And Lord, the, the weeds keep trying to grow in our lives, God. I thank you, Lord, though, for, for enabling us, God, and helping us, giving us strength. But now, God, we're ready to go deeper. And I pray, I pray, God, that you give us the challenge, Lord, the challenges you've given me in this, in this ser- sermon series. God, I pray you give us that same challenge, Lord, to, to us as a, as a congregation. Let us hear your voice and let us be, let us be challenged, God. God, I pray you, you cut us today. God, I, I pray you, you move us. I pray you change our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, I just ask you for that in these four weeks, God, that you help us go deeper and draw closer to you and chase after you. And Lord, not just chase after you, but God, be able to grasp you, be able to catch you, be able to, God, to hold you in our hands and come to relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. What did you do today, this morning, already? I mean, man, it's, it's 11.35. What have you done already this morning? Some of you just got out of bed at 11, right? Or you've been struggling just to get here, right? What did you do this morning? Okay, that's the first question we've got to ask because we're talking about approaching God. Okay, so what's your approach like on a Sunday morning? Oh, I was thinking about this again last night, laying in bed, and, and uh, the song from that uh, old Dolly Parton movie, you know, 9 to 5, came to mind. Tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition, something like that, and try to come to life. You know what I'm talking about? Now, that's, that's the way you approach Monday through Friday, right? I mean, you're just trying to get going, right? You know what I'm saying? But surely you don't approach Sunday morning that way either, do you? 
I mean, I mean, are you just trying to get going? Oh, let me go down to the kitchen, see if I can get, some, get a cup of coffee, get me rolling today, because i got to go to church. Let me see if I can get something to help me roll in a little bit so I can worship God. That's not supposed to be the way we approach God. I mean, that's not, that's not what God intended our approach to him to be. So what did you do this morning? You probably, okay, you rolled out of bed. You know, you went and got a shower. Hopefully most of you got a shower. You know, or at least you had one in the last 24 hours or so. You know, hopefully we all got a shower, you know, and, and uh, you know, you guys shaved and you ladies put on makeup, hopefully not the other way around, you know, and, and uh, you know, we, you fixed your hair or, you know, to, to some extent. Some of us, it's not so hard. We don't spend a lot of time on that. You got dressed, you know, you go, go to the kitchen, you had, had breakfast and you brushed your teeth. I hope that's another step that you take before you come to church is you brush your teeth after you eat, you know, uh, you know, and so you brush your teeth and, and and then you, you know, and you get you're ready. And, and if you got kids, what do you, you got to do all those same steps for your kids, don't you? Well, you're probably not shaving them if, if they're kids, but I mean, you know, you got to do all those same steps, right? You got to get them ready and all those things. Then you hurry, get everybody in the car in a hurry. I mean, you, you hurry here to the church, you run in the door because you're running late a lot of times, right? Maybe it was this morning. I mean, listen, I know a lot of you guys run late because 9 30, 11 o'clock, you know, we start service. I look around and say, man, where's everybody at? And I get up here ready to preach. Oh, they all showed up. So, you know, and I don't really, you know, I don't really notice who's late and how late you are, but we do that. I mean, you run in the door and you look up on the screen to see what song we're singing, trying to figure out, okay, uh, where's Jamie at? And you try to jump in the middle of the worship and try to, try to kind of get going. That's not what God intended our approach to him to be. It's not what he intended. Now, if we back up to uh, like the computer graphic uh, scene that we saw there and, and, and how people would approach the temple of God, if we think about the Jews in the days of Solomon and thereafter until that temple was destroyed, if we think about those people, they kind of went through the same things that you and I went through this morning to get here, but they went through some other things as well. For, for example, one of the things they had to do when they rose early uh, that morning is they had to go out and chase down the lamb. I mean, the lamb that they had to take to be sacrificed, they had to chase it down, put a rope around its neck and tie it off, you know, make sure it didn't run away. And then, then they had to go and, and gather some uh, grain, probably barley, and they had to get a bundle of barley. And then they had to prepare a mixture. They, they took, uh, had to prepare a bushel of flour. A bushel's a pretty good bit. I mean, that's not, you know, not a cup of flour. They prepared a bushel of flour and mixed some oil in it. And that had to also be brought with them that day. And they had to pour up a, a flask of, of, of wine, about, about a quart of wine they had to put together that day. And so they pulled all this together and then they started doing the things you and I did too. Then they had to, you know, get dressed and they had to wash up. They had to, had to get something to eat that day. So they had to do all this other stuff. But you and I, I mean, it's, it's so easy for us to just jump up and take off, isn't it? I mean, we just jump up and run out the door and get here, boom, you know. And no wonder nothing happens. Come on, somebody say amen. No wonder nothing happens in your life on a Sunday morning or Monday through Saturday because there's nothing else going on any other time as well. I mean, this, this, is, this is not like a, a super magic show that you show up and because Jamie is singing with the worship team that, that God is going to invade your life and awesome things are going to happen this week. This is not a super magic show that I've got, I've got uh, abracadabra kinds of words to say over you and everything's going to change about your situation. No, there, there has to be a change about the way we approach God. Now look at Leviticus with me, which is what I was talking about they had to do. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. 
He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. So talking about that bundle of uh, probably barley is what it was, that bundle of barley they had to bring, and the, and the, and the priest would wave it for them before the Lord. You know, so here's, here's my offering, Lord, is what they were doing. And you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. So this is a special lamb. has to be male, had to be without blemish, okay? Uh, and, it's, and it's grain offering. There's also going to be an offering that goes with the lamb. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour, about a bushel, mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma. And its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen, which is about a quart of wine. And so these are the things they had to gather. And then they had to do all this other stuff. I mean, they had a lot to do. And you think about all these things they were doing as they were doing these things, you'd have one of two attitudes probably, wouldn't you? You'd have like, I can't believe we got to do this, right? I mean, that's the attitude people who grudgingly give to God, that's the attitude they have. Or you might, they might have this attitude is they might look and they might remember as they're gathering that barley, man, we've had a good harvest this year. Oh, come on. Somebody get with me right here. We've had a good harvest this year. My God has supplied all of, I don't mind giving him a bundle just to say, God, thank you for what you did for me. You know, it's a different attitude. And, and then pouring out the wine. And, and there's always been something in my house to drink it. And the flour and the oil and, and just saying, God, I wanted to give you this. And even the lamb as well. We've had a lot of lambs uh, birthed into into our house this year. God's given us increase and just the attitude that is there. it's, It's so different than what you and I are doing on a Sunday. I I meant, you know, coming to church is not supposed to be just set your GPS. And get the preparation of approaching God is not supposed to be autopilot, plug in the address, and it gets you there. But that's the way we do it spiritually as well. We can use a GPS to get here, and then once we get here, we're on autopilot. You know, Jamie's our worship GPS. Show us where to go, Jamie. Okay, we're going to sing this song now. We go back this way. I meant that little voice, you know, that says, in a, you know, in a hundred yards, turn right. And Jamie says, okay, now let's sing this song. Turn right. And, and the sermon is our GPS. Go this, do that. No, here, okay, three points. We're going to come to the front and we're going to, uh, I'm going to yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to give you some GPS at the end of this message today. I'm going to give you some GPS all week long. But if you don't go behind the GPS, you're not getting what God meant this whole thing to be. It is not about, it's not about letting somebody else do your singing and somebody else do your worshiping and somebody else do your, your praying and somebody else do your studying. Uh, I mean, the thought came to my mind as, as I was in this point in the 930 service. I mean, you know, I, I don't have to read scripture. Somebody's going to tweet one in a little while. I'll just read that one. I don't have to do a devotion. Somebody will p- post something really cool on Facebook and I'll let that be my devotion of the day. That's GPS. I mean, it's got to go beyond the GPS. We've got, to, we've got to take it beyond that and say, wait a minute, there's something that I've got to do for this thing. It was never God's intention. And so as I, as I, as I look at that road that they were walking up, you know, and, and, the, and the computer animation that was there, as I, as I look at that road and they're headed to the temple, you know, I think, you know, I even thought about this this morning. This was during the 930 service. Well, I, I thought, I didn't have this thought before today. I just thought, you know, it'd be good for some of us just get rid of our cars one week and just walk to church. Give us time. Of course, some of you, you'd have to start on Saturday afternoon to get here on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, the Cushing's are really nodding. Uh, but, you know, 
for us, I mean, it's, it's so easy. I mean, it, it, takes me, it takes me maybe 30 seconds almost, you know, maybe a little longer than that. I need to measure it sometime, I guess. I mean, I, mean, I live a block and a half back here. It, ta- it doesn't take me any time to get here. But you know what? When they were walking, they were on their way. No doubt, as they were preparing all of these things, you know, uh, that morning and doing all that, you know, you might look around, you might think, you know, they had so much to do. Well, surely they started doing that the day before, didn't they? I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't rope the lamb and you wouldn't gather the bundle of barley and you wouldn't uh, mix up the, you would do some of that the day before, wouldn't you? Well, wouldn't and shouldn't we also? I mean, do we, we try to squeeze it, and that's why there's nothing happening in our lives. It's because we're squeezing it into, I mean, our preparation for coming to God is an, is an hour. You know, you might roll, you know, if you had to be here at 11, you might have gotten up at 10 o'clock, you know, and started, got to get here and get here, you know, just barely on time. And that's all of our preparation. And it needs to be more. And as I look at that, as I look at them walking down, I'm thinking about how they, how they would, like I said, pull that bundle together and think about, oh, God has blessed us so much. And as, as they're leading that lamb up, up the road there on their way to the temple mount, you know, as they're thinking about, oh, how God has blessed us with that lamb. But there's a lot of other things that are going through their minds as well. They didn't live, you know, you know what? Here's part of the problem is you and I are stinking, spoiled, rotten. I mean, we've got so much stuff. There is an economic crisis in this country. But, you know, I prayed this. It just came to my mind as we were closing service. I I, I prayed. I said, God, you know what? I have more to eat in the middle of my financial economic crisis than, than a third of the world has to eat on their feast days. We are stinking, filthy, spoiled, rotten, and we don't appreciate what God has done for us. And we, we think 200 plus years ago that this country won independence because of a bunch of brave men. And, and, and that great things have happened because we've had awesome, great presidents. And we forget that it wasn't about the thing that happened 200 years ago. It was the thing that happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And that this country was founded on, on Christian faith and on Christian morals and a belief in God. We didn't have it right all the time. And there were a lot of arguments through all the years and even back there when it was being set up. But there was a foundational faith on God and Jesus Christ. And because of that, 200 years ago, brave men were able to win and a war of independence so that you and I could worship and glorify. It was because of that. Uh, men who weren't very wise in their own way received wisdom from God because and to be the presidents and, and the statesmen and leaders of this country and make right decisions and at times make decisions that were foolish but God was in the middle of it and it looked like foolishness to everybody else but God was doing amazing things and we can look back in history now and we can see those kinds of things and and I don't have time to give you the illustrations I'd like to give you this morning but we look back in history and we see those times that we should not have won this war or this battle or we should not have been able to to to, uh, uh, to overcome at this time but it was obvious God's hand was on this country, and yet you and I today, we're so stinking, filthy, stinking, silly, spoiled, rotten, that we're not even paying attention to that. And so we're driving to church in our big vehicles and paying $3 a gallon for gas, amen or oh me, and acting like, oh, everything is just wonderful and fine in my life, and and I've done so well for my family, and I'm working so hard, and I've built myself up, and, and we're not giving God any honor or any glory. 
But as the Jewish family is walking up those streets, they're living in a time, some of those times, that in the time of Solomon was relative peace. But after the times of Solomon, there wasn't. And, and this temple was sitting there for hundreds of years. And as they were walking, sometimes they were walking up there and they, the, the, the nation had just come out of a battle. And in the battle, many men had died. And here was a man, no doubt, there were plenty of families that were walking up there and realizing I didn't lose a family member during that time. And tears had to be coming down their eyes as they were headed to the temple of God. And there were, there were people, there were kids dying of diseases in those days that were un, are unheard of today because of the advances in medicine and things that we have today and just hygiene and cleanliness and things that we have today and our health and those things. And, and as they were walking up that road, no doubt that dad pulling along that lamb was looking around and seeing his little boys and little girls walking with him and maybe carrying some and remembering that just next door to me, a, a baby died last night across the street. They lost two or three just last month, but I've got all of my family together. God is taking care of me. We're coming together to worship God at the time. Oh, he had to be crying and just thinking about all of these kind of protection and the provision of the Lord. But here you and I, we can walk in these doors and know that God has saved us from a devil's hell. Know that God has, has given us a place to worship him. Uh, the United States of America founded upon Christian Judeo ethics and, and morals and knowing that God has done all these things for us and he's provided for you. You've had too much. Come on, somebody. You had too much to eat this week, didn't you? You had more to eat than you could handle. You threw away food today. And there are people in this, in this world that would love to have half of what you threw away this past week. We are stinking, filthy, spoiled, rotten, and we don't appreciate the fact that God has blessed us. We need to remember again that God is the one that has brought us to this point. This week, we've been blessed. I've got my family. Oh, I was thinking about it again this morning. You got time for my testimony one more time. It's not my full testimony. You wouldn't have time for that. But I was thinking about it this morning again. How blessed I've been. I've messed up. Man, I've made mistakes. And I don't just mean when I was 15, 16 years old, but when I became an adult, when I got married, even after I become a preacher, you know, and, and being a, a senior pastor, I've made mistakes. I've been stupid. There have been times where I've just been ignorant and done wrong things. And there have been, there have been times I've been rebellious and I've done things I knew I shouldn't do. But you know what? Because of God's grace and mercy, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I've been walking up that same road that the, the Jewish man was walking this morning. I was walking up that road and I was looking around myself and I, I was seeing in, in my mind's eye, I was seeing my daughter who was downstairs with kids church, leading kids church today. And, and her two kids that are in our kids programs here at the church today. And she married a man who also loves and follows after Jesus Christ. And, and my son is across town, student pastor of another church, and he married last year a woman who also loves and follows after Jesus Christ. And, and I've got a wife who, who is a, a part of the ministry and was this in the early service was downstairs with the kids, but she ministers to the ladies, to the couples, and sometimes to the entire church. And I thank God how wonderful and how, how, how awesome you have been to me. And I am blessed. I, I'm like the man walking up the street on the way to the temple saying, listen, I've got something to tell God I am thankful for this morning. He has blessed me when I didn't deserve it, when I was ignorant, when I was stupid, and even when I was rebellious, God turned me around and He gave me these blessings. And, and I, I can't sit still. I, I can't grudgingly get up out of my seat.
seat and say, okay, it's time to sing. But I want to leap out of my seat and say, thank God that this is my time to tell him how wonderfully good he has been to me and how gracious. Go ahead, give him a hand of praise. How gracious and wonderful he's been to me. How, how grateful I am for what he has done. The word sacrifice, many places in the Old Testament, is korban, K-O-R-B-A-N. Of course, that's different in the Hebrew than those particular words, but korban, which means sacrifice and it means offering. But the literal meaning of it is draw near. Sacrifice, offering, draw near. That sounds like two different ideas. Not that they're opposed to one another, but it's it's just two different ideas. Sacrifice and offering is one thing. Draw near is something else. Today we're talking about approaching God. So that's why this word is important to us in this message. It's, draw, it's the draw near thing. I mean, it's the korban. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to korban. We're trying to draw near to God. So how, how is it that we can, I mean, how do you bring these two thoughts together where they mean the same word? And you see, Sometimes in our minds, we see something else. But in God's mind, there's something totally different happening. And to him, this all means the same. It is a word that is all of these things knit right together. The sacrifice and offering is about drawing near. You don't draw near without sacrifice and offering. And the sacrificing offering is drawing you near to him. Remember that we've used this uh, this verse before. Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place where he choo- which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. We've used this before. We've used it talking about tithes and offerings. And listen, that is part of this. We didn't use it out of context. That is what they're doing. God said, there nobody's to appear before me empty-handed. That's what he's, ta- he's talking about. Tithes and offerings and sacrifices and bringing lambs and, and flour mixed with oil and, and, uh, and barley. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about bringing, so that, that's what, but that's only a part of it. Because that was Old Testament. And today is New Testament, isn't it? You know the difference? The difference is, is when Christ, you remember when he, you know, and I've heard a lot of people quote this and they get the first part of this, but they're not catching the second part of it. When Christ says, I didn't come to do away with the Old Testament, they get that. But what did he say? He says, I've come to fulfill the law. I didn't come to do away with it, but fulfill it. And you've heard me say, if you've been around here uh, a long time, you've heard me say, the Old Testament is a foreshadow of the New Testament. The things of the Old Testament teach us about the things that are coming in the New Testament. It is a foreshadow. You know what a shadow is, don't you? A A shadow is something that follows after, but the Old Testament is a foreshadow. It was before. But a shadow is something that's dark. It's not well defined sometimes. You know, it, it, it's kind of fuzzy. You know, you can make out an image, but you can't really tell a whole lot about it. I'm kind of, I can see a little bit of my shadow right here from that light. And I can see my shadow a little bit, but, you know, I could bend my body and my arms a certain way and I could look like all kinds of stuff because it's just a shadow. I can't make it. But the shadow causes you, I mean, you know, you see a shadow in your life, what do you do? I mean, if you're walking down the street at night all by yourself and all of a sudden a big shadow comes over your shoulder, what do you do? 
You want to turn around and see what that shadow is all about, right? That's what a shadow causes. It causes us to want to look to the real thing. And the real thing, even though the shadow is just dark, it's just it's black, it's just gray, it's just, you know, it's just darkness and it's fuzzy. The real thing maybe has color to it and definition and description. It, it, is, it is the perfection of it. it. You know, the shadow is 2D and this is 3D and you can see depth and you can see, I mean, this is, this is the real thing. That's just a shadow of a real, and that's what the Old Testament is to the New Testament. That when we, when we look at these words here, we're saying, I, I don't understand all this. Well, don't understand it. Just do it because you're supposed to do it. But it's pointing us to something in the New Testament. And when we see it in the New Testament and we see it happening in our lives and we see what God is trying to do, it's like our eyes open up because now we're seeing in color and we're seeing with de- distinction and definition. We're understanding what God is wanting to do. And so no longer are we talking about uh, just that we should not appear with our hands empty but now today we're also talking about not appearing before the Lord with our hearts empty. And so we're talking still about yeah, bringing things to God and never one, no one coming without a, a, a tithe or an offering or those things. But it's about more than just that. Not appearing before Him empty-handed or empty-hearted. I've got to point this out to you before we go. Verse 17 says, Every man shall give as he is able. According to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you, as he is able. God requires nothing of anyone that is not able. Now, that doesn't mean that, okay, oh, are you saying if I can't, okay, I can't, I, don't, I can't pay tithes, pastor, so forgive me of it. Don't ask me for forgiveness. That's God's tenth. He said in Malachi chapter 3, you're robbing him. If, okay, I'm, I'm not, that's not what God is saying, but here's, here's what he's saying. is He's not saying, okay, you give a thousand, you give fifty, you give a hundred. That's not what he's saying. Everybody gives ten percent. You know, and all these other things is you give as you are able to. You pay your tithe. The tithe belongs to God. I mean, that's, that's I'm sorry, I can't, I can't change that for you. The tithe belongs. But then, going beyond that, here's what God does. Is, it, is For those families that could not afford to bring a lamb, you know what they could bring? They could bring a dove. A doves are a whole lot cheaper than lambs. A whole lot easier to raise. I mean, they, they're born a whole lot faster and all those things are eat cheaper. I mean, they're so much cheaper. And that's what God does. God doesn't require things of us that we're not able to give. And so when He requires worship of you, can I tell you something? He knows you can give it. I mean, sometime this week, there's been some blessing in your life. Sometime this week, good has happened in your life. You worked a job. You got paid for the job. And you paid your bills. And they didn't come repossess your car. You know, you had health insurance and your kids were able to go to the doctor this week. You, you, you've been blessed this week. For, in some way you've been blessed. And that should be developing a gratitude and an appreciation in your heart all week long. So that then when you show up here on Sunday morning, you have something in your heart to give to God. You don't, you're not up here. What he's requiring of us today is something that every one of us can give. Because every one of us has been blessed. Amen or oh me. We've all been blessed. We all have been. So, I, I, I do have to let you know this. I, I, I realize, I know Leviticus. The scripture we were reading there, and I want to make sure you understand this. They didn't do this every week when they came to the temple. They didn't come to the temple every week. And this particular Leviticus, as we were reading, and all those things they had to gather, the barley and the lamb and all that, they didn't have to do that every week. That was once a year. But every time they came to the temple, every time they came to these feast days, they were to come without empty hands. 
They were never to come with empty hands. And though they didn't go to the temple as often as you and I come to the house of God, every time they went to the temple, they went with their hands full. It was a requirement of God that no one is to appear before me empty-handed and to us empty-hearted today. And the reason I say that is going to be found in this next scripture. But here's the question. They went to the temple a few times a year. How often do you go to the temple? As a child of God, how often do you go to the temple? The book of Hebrews, I mean, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? How often do you go to the temple? Before you got here today, child of God, you were in the temple. This is the temple today. See, that's why we're not talking about the physical flesh, lambs and, and uh, barley and all that stuff. We're talking about the heart stuff. This morning when you woke up, you were in the temple. When you were yelling at your spouse and mad at them because they were going to run you late for church, you were yelling in the temple. When you mistreated somebody yesterday, you know, yesterday you were in the temple. Yesterday morning, as soon as you woke up, as a child of God, you woke up in the temple. That's what this says. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And see, when we mistreat one another and we behave improperly, it's not just that we're hurting God's feelings. We're doing this in the temple. You know, it would be just as bad as this man walking up the road to the temple and going into the temple and then slapping somebody across the face. I mean, that's what he, what he would have done physically. You do spiritually every time you disobey God or act in rebellion. What does God expect? What does God want of us? For us to remember that this morning when we awoke, we were in the temple. And yesterday when we awoke, we were in the temple. And Friday when we awoke, we were in the temple. And Thursday when we awoke, we were in the temple. And Wednesday, and, and, and the days before and the days before. Every day this week that we, if you're a child of God, every day you wake up, you're in the temple. And when you wake up, you, you need to be thinking, oh, I'm in the temple today. And in the temple, what are you, what are you supposed to, you're not supposed to appear before him empty. And in some of those verses, that's, that's all that the Hebrew says is empty, but they understood it to mean empty-handed. Yet you and I today, we're relating it to a different temple, a physical temple. And so what we would relate that empty word to is we would relate it to empty-hearted. So every day that you live, so tomorrow, you know, it's not just today that, oh, i got to do something. No, tomorrow when you wake up, remember you're in the temple. And you need to have a heart full of something for God. And on Tuesday, remember that you're in the temple. And, and you need to stir up a little something for God. And on Wednesday, you see, this is why Sundays are so special. Because this is the way God intends it to be. Is that when we come together on a Sunday morning... That we've all been realizing we're in the temple all week. And on Monday we've been gathering. And on Tuesday we've been gathering. And on Wednesday we've been feeling. And on, and on Thursday we've been, we've been thinking about Him. And on Friday we've been, we've been having more and more gratitude. And on Saturday we've been thankful for something. And then when we all come together, all of us who have been spending time in the temple of God all week long and developing our, our gratitude and building up our appreciation and honor of Him, then we all come together. And Jamie says, let's stand and sing. And 
we all want to say, yes, this is my time. That's why Sundays are so special is because we bring all of the stuff that we've been enjoying all week long in Him. We bring it all together and offer it to Him as a sacrifice. And this week, stand with me if you will, stand. And This week, let me tell you this tool. You've really got to listen to me. Hold your hands out in front of you like this. What do you have in your hands? I'm looking around. I see empty hands, empty hands. I don't see anybody holding anything. Look at your hands. What's in your hands? I don't see anything but empty hands. Anybody got anything in their hands? I don't see anything but empty hands all across the building. Spiritually speaking, what is more important is spiritually what is in your heart? Close your eyes. Look at your heart this morning. Do you have, did you bring him anything today? Did you show up empty hearted today? Have you been thinking about how good he's been to you? Did you think about that this morning on the way to church? When you swallowed that biscuit whole or gulped down that bowl of cereal? Did you just say grace? Or did you really mean God, thank you for providing food for my family today? For our table, for our cupboard, for our refrigerator. It's not empty. You've provided. Come on. What do you have in your heart today that you brought him? You know what? It's too late today. This week is over with. Can't go back this week and and rebuild what you should have been building all week long. But the tool this week, I'm going to get them to you. I'm going to remind you by email, but I think I'm going to write them on a blog. Is I'm going to write a devotion for you every day this week. But listen, if all you do is read it, then it's GPS. you got to do something with it. And, and by, I believe by direction of God, tomorrow I'm going to write a devotion for you about building him a vessel. You know, the, the vessels all had to be built for the, for the house of God before anybody could show up to worship. Build him a vessel. And on Tuesday, I'm going to write to you about roping him a lamb. Wednesday, I'm going to write to you about gathering a bundle of barley. On Thursday, I'm going to write to you about preparing, preparing something for him. Like the, the flour and the oil, the bushel was put together and mixed. And on Friday, I'm going to write a devotion for you on pouring him up a flask of wine, symbolic of the Holy Spirit symbolic of, of the anointing that you have. And those are the devotions I'm going to write for you. And if, and if we'll get serious, you know what we can do? It's tomorrow morning. It won't just be a GPS, but tomorrow morning we can read that and we can start thinking, oh yeah, I'm in the temple. Wait a minute. i got to create something important for God. And Tuesday morning we can say, oh wait a minute. I, yeah, there's the devotion. I remember now I, I'm in the temple. i got to rope God a lamb. I'll tell you what that means to us on Tuesday. i got to rope him a lamb. And Wednesday we're going to gather. And on Friday or on Thursday we're going to prepare. And on, and on Friday we're going to pour out to him. And so then when we come back together on next Sunday, it won't be like we showed up today empty handed and empty hearted but we'll all come together so do this right now close your eyes for just one more second can you muster something this morning can you consider one thing that you're grateful for for God that's why I hadn't brought you down front yet I don't want you to come forward empty hearted today can you think of one thing you're thankful for 
Can you muster some kind of appreciation and gratitude within your heart today? Can you look around you at your kids, at your family, at your finances, at at some part of your life and say, God, how good you have been to me today. And as you can start just creating something like that in your heart right now, just come on, create something like that in your heart. Create some gratitude in your heart. And and don't don't point to yourself. Don't let the world look at you and say, say how honorable you have been and how great you have been. Let's say, no, I'm going to give God honor for this thing that he has done in my life this week and how he's blessed me. And as you build that, as you create that, I want you, if you you can create something like that to bring to him this morning, then I want you to step out and come to the front with us and let's close. Come on. Can you do that? And as you start moving this way, go ahead and start speaking it to him. Tell him. Start telling him. On your way down. Don't wait till you get down here. Start telling him. Jamie, go ahead. Uh, She's going to lead us in a final song. Go ahead. Go ahead. Begin sharing that with him. What is it that you created in your heart just a moment ago? What is it that, that is so important to you today that you need to tell him you're grateful for, that you appreciate? Come on, begin speaking it to him before you get here. And when you get here, just close your eyes and empty your heart to him now. Whatever that was that you created in your heart, that appreciation, that gratitude, just empty your heart right now. Let's come to him. Come on. And let's let's just let's just throw ourselves on him and say, God, I, I'm chasing after you today, Lord. God, I want to approach you in the way that you are not just worthy of, but God, the way you want to be approached, Lord. God, not with an empty heart. God, not with empty hands, with an empty trunk, but God, that we feel my, I feel our lives, I feel my heart, I feel my mind, God, with the good things that you've done for me.